Hey, y'all. Pretend we're football is back. For no apparent reason whatsoever. Because what could possibly have happened in the last 48 to 72 hours that we might want to talk about? I don't know. But we're here anyway. Because, you know, Tim and I don't have a lot going on. We're each our only friend. Tim, just be quiet. And that's that's what we're going to do. We're going to be here uh, talking about Texas basketball and the stirring win over Rice, I guess. I haven't left any room for music, so sorry, Will. Will's not here. Will is off in Colorado being a one percenter, and uh, the rest of us plebeians are just here uh, recording some sort of podcast so that the rest of us can make enough money to live. That's basically what it is. This is this is what it is. Like what well, Tim sent me a text earlier and was like, I look, I, I got I got rent and the pretend football money is just too good. So if you could just see it in your heart to let me not work another double at Starbucks, I would really appreciate it. That's where we are. Congratulations. Uh, we're here. Uh, welcome back. Tim, how you doing? I'm tired, man. Uh, it was a triple last time. So, but, uh, yeah, you know, baristas, uh, work is never done, particularly in a state as cold as Iowa. No, I'm, 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 under the circumstances, I'm better than at least a few other people that we could name. Uh, so that's, that's <laughs> or, good. Or one, or, or one, yeah, <laughs> one particular, yeah. Yeah, um, but no, it, it, things are well. We've uh, it's kind of nice to to jump back in for at least a one-off episode here, and we'll kind of see what the future holds with that. But uh, yeah, good to, good to see you. Good to talk to you, lovely folks out there. If you are listening, thanks for joining us back again. And yeah, away we go. Is is now a bad time to mention that this is not actually being recorded and posted online? I just wanted to talk to you. No. <laughs> um. Uh, my wife's calling. I got. I got to go. I apologize. Yeah, you, you don't have a wife. Um, all right, so we're here for clearly what is the biggest story uh, in Texas basketball uh, over the past couple of months, if not the past couple of decades. Uh, that is, namely, what is up with Tyrese Hunter's hydration? Why is that dude cramping constantly? He's probably cramping right now as we're recording this, which is pretty late on a Tuesday. It might almost work its way into a Wednesday because apparently, I guess, what is he just doing like wind sprints in a sauna? Like what, what is, what is going on with Tyrese Hunter, Tim? So he had, um, so this happens sometimes with people that have ACL surgeries where you get like cadaver, um, ACLs and they put them in there. Well, the doctors put in uh, super put in, thirsty tendons. <laughs> yeah, just tendons from uh, from a cadaver. But like, oops! Like it's an ancient Egyptian cadaver, so those are four thousand years old. Uh, so he's you know he's getting there. He's, he's figuring them out. They're slowly being rehydrated after thousands of years underneath the great pyramids of Giza. Um, and bless his heart, you know he's he's hanging in there like a trooper. And but, apparently, uh, the entirety of the Texas medical staff. <laughs> their response is put a Theragun on it, which, oh, yeah. t- to be fair, I have a Theragun thanks to the Secret Santa thing from my wife's work, and I use that thing so much I should get paid for it at this point. But I, I feel like maybe if you're... if you're well, That's, uh, that's if disgusting, you're, first of all. 
second of all. <laughs> it's, it's not. Look, I, it feels so good. I don't care what you feel about it. Like, frankly, that's just, it just is what it is. Like, it's it's amazing. I thought when we got it, like, yeah, you know, who, who's going to use that thing? Like, I'm probably not much. And now I'm like, I, I just can't wait to do another workout so I can just sit there and just dare gun the shit out of myself. Like, <laughs> metaphorically. For now. I don't know. I haven't gotten to the highest difficulty setting. Like maybe when you get there, it's, it becomes a literal thing. But honestly, at that point, it's worth it. As, hey, as long as you and your, your significant other are comfortable with these things, I'm, I'm oh, great We have enough trash bags. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, yeah, apparently they just, like you said, it's either the Theragun or seven socks, like six socks, question mark, <laughs> 11 socks. Uh, not really sure. Just, so. it, we're going to keep mummifying Tyrese Hunter until he stops getting cramps is basically <laughs> what it is because nothing helps you get rid of heat like more layers. So, um, yeah, if he, it's, if it's he a, grows like a four inch, uh, long little, like what, what would be the <laughs> little, uh, thing growing up from his chin that the Pharaohs used to grow. We'll, we'll know something is truly changing in his life. I mean, I feel like if he makes any sort of Pharaoh reference at any point <laughs> in a, in a post game, like one congrats on making into upper level, Egyptology, like that's mm-hmm. I don't. It's not I. I wouldn't necessarily suggest that as a major, but look, you're probably gonna play pro for a while, so just you know, bank that money, and uh, you know, then you can talk about goatees for forever. Congratulations! Just starts ripping off his shirt. Anaximoon and Brendan Fraser's clapping in the background. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be great. I just yeah, he's yeah. Tyrese Hunter is his whole goal is he is. <laughs> he is he is trying to buck his way into the mummy reboot. The, I guess the <laughs> second mummy reboot. Like if we went Brendan Fraser to Tom Cruise to Tyrese Hunter. Still haven't heard him speak, so I'm just gonna assume he's got an amazing vocabulary with a lot of like uh, range, dramatic, but and comedic. Like it's he's yeah, good for him. I, I hope he does it. Like there are worse things in the world than Tyrese Hunter, former. Texas player, now world famous mummy actor, I guess. That works. I think we're on to something. He's I, handsome. I we can figure this out. That we got a whole hour left. So we're gonna just work <laughs> our way through this. We're gonna workshop all our way through this because I'm pretty sure Will is happy with how this is going. Um, even though again, he, he's he's skiing on top of caviar right now. Um, like it's just a whole mountain of caviar. The pandemic has been great for his family. That's all I'm going to say. So, yeah, we, we might actually get to what has been going on, the the reason why uh, Tim and I have both reconnected to the Internet in a form other than, well, for me, Twitter, and for Tim, Truth Social or whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to re-truth this. Yeah, he's going to, yeah, this is nothing but like he's just going to, He's going to boost this all over his true social people. Um, yeah, it's been it's been quite a 48 hours. It says a lot about how things have gone with Chris Beard, who, uh, for those of you who are unaware, which, I mean, given that we've got 14 people who might still be subscribed and they're all, like, degenerate basketball fans, I feel like I'm, I'm rehashing what they know, but I'm just going to say it. Um, Chris Beard got popped for uh assault basically that's the the charge is third degree felony assault 
with some strangulation and some other stuff. It's pretty awful. I never thought I would actually see a Texas head coach in a prison prison jumpsuit with handcuffs, but here we are. So, um, yeah, so Chris Beard is currently suspended without pay. Uh, he is uh, dealing with a lot more lawyers than he is with game plans currently. And, and it's been a pretty surreal 48 hours, uh, give or take. Um, so, I, I mean, I'm going to throw this to you, Tim, first. Uh, what is your initial reaction to, I mean, one, learning the news of Chris Beard being arrested and charged with felony assault? Uh, and two, just sort of how this, you know, how this morphs your view of the tenure of, you know, sort of where, where he's at. Yeah. Um, well, I guess I'll start with, you know, again, for people that have listened before, um, my wife and I are both teachers. My boy's a seventh grader. My daughter's a third grader. We're all at different schools. Um, and the sicknesses have been kind of ravaging through our home. So we like, haven't been healthy. They haven't had all four of us healthy for like, I don't even know, a month and a half or so. Tomorrow will be my daughter's third straight day staying at home. Uh, my son stayed at home two days last week. He stayed at home uh, today this week. Anyways, it's just so like it's been kind of nuts. So like when I when I started receiving some some messages about it, I didn't have a whole lot of time to really uh, devote to that. So it sort of seemed like you said surreal. Is this the word right? And you know, especially for a guy. Uh, well, if if you're listening to this podcast because you've listened to us before, obviously. Both Johnny and I were not the hugest fans of Chris Beard uh, when he was brought on. Uh, there are some other coaches that I was more excited about, but I will, I will say that when uh, when I didn't want Chris Beard to be brought in, it was because of his offensive system. It was because I, I'm not a huge fan of the no-build defense, although I certainly appreciate how effective it is. And I just, you know, I, I, I wasn't excited about watching Chris Beard teams. This was not it. <laughs> this this was not on my bingo card of why I did not want to have him come here. I, I certainly had had no inclination um, that that something like this would happen. Um, so it was very interesting to sort of like, you know, I want to be really careful to to stay away from this like confirmation bias uh, of anything like that. Like it's it's it, this is not about that. Um, you know, I there I don't really think that there is a domestic violence type people of all walks of life uh um make terrible decisions and uh tragedies like this happen way 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 too often i i don't want to pretend to to make light of anything like this so it just it, it does feel strange because he was not my first choice and i never like i will say if this had happened in 2007 and rick barnes had been the the perpetrator I would have lost my shit. Like I, I, I would have had like a mental breakdown <laughs> just because I was so emotionally invested in Rick and I yeah. cared about him so much. Yep. Um, you know, it would have, it would have really, it would have really kind of punched me in a way that would, that I just didn't feel for this one. Like it just, this didn't, uh, you know, it was kind of like, Oh, well, that's not what you want. But there wasn't kind of the, the, <laughs> there wasn't sort of that feeling of like, Oh no, Texas basketball, or oh no, my connection to Texas basketball. What a what a tragic thing, which was a a, a really weird thing to kind of feel. So uh, yeah, you know, between taking care of my family and and everything, kind of like 
Like, did he do this? Did he not do this? What was the, what were the circumstances? Where's the police report? He's in jail. What's happening? Like, I could just, there's a game tonight. Should I be focusing on that? Am I writing the recap for the game for Inside Texas? No, Joe now is writing the, re- the recap for the game for Inside Texas because all of a sudden he had to go to that game. <laughs> uh, that kind of stuff was just, uh, w- w- was such an interesting time. So, so you're saying I should have brought Joe on here instead. He's the play, man. Joe yeah. Cook's where it's at. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, he's definitely responds to text faster than you do. So there's that. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I, so, you know, if we could go like one degree removed from the immediacy of the situation, which is that clearly uh, it is awful that anyone has like scrapes and bruises and potential choke marks and all, you know, like the fact that anyone has to go through this whether as, you know, ultimately proved or just alleged or whatever. Like, I'm going to leave the legalese out of this, right? Like, the fact is that there was some sort of altercation between two adults that, that necessitated uh, legal police and legal intervention, and that's terrible, right? Like, uh, I mean, I don't want to say there's no good that can come from it, but it is it is an awful situation, right? And when we talk about this, when... When we make our comments and, and and move our way through this, we need to be as cognizant as possible that there are, you know, humans on the other end of this and that some or all of them are going through, you know, a, a pretty terrible time, which may or may not be unprecedented to them. Um, that that said, like, I, it, it, for me, as someone who has written about Chris Beard for a while— even prior to him being at Texas, you know, his tech tenure and that sort of thing. And being someone who uh, a lot of people sort of pegged me as, you know, I don't know, the number one beard hater or whatever, or maybe most prominent of them, like just because I just generally wasn't a big fan of his hire relative to sort of a lot of people thinking he was a home run, which, you know, we've litigated that for forever. Um, it is, it, it, you know, it's, it is interesting watching the people who are like, I, I mean, well, let me, let me, let me take this a different step or a different, different tact. There have been sort of secondhand, thirdhand, fourthhand rumors about Chris Beard for a long time, right? Like, and a lot of them are hard to parse in that some of them showed up prior to him being in Texas. But some of them are things you hear about when, uh, you know, when he decided to come to Texas. And you have to consider that, like, there's a fair amount of this that are, like, tech fans who want to salt the earth behind him, right? And so you have to be careful about what you believe, what you lend credence to, what you think is real versus what is just people trying to push some sort of you know, imagined reality. And with that said, like prior to him coming to Texas, there were, there were stories, there were rumors, there were sort of secondhand things, which I'm not going to get into specifics about things, but like, it's not surprising that he is an extremely intense person, right? Like you can see that during games, you can see how he reacts to both, uh, you know, things in the game, how he, how he talks to people and, and, and like, 
there's an intensity there that sometimes is just, you know, coaches being coaches and sometimes is not necessarily that. And like, I, I have for a while felt like Chris Beard is probably not a great dude. And I say that coming from someone who has been spoiled by the fact that both Rick Barnes and Shaka, who for they both were humans, they both had their foibles, they both had their pros and cons, like, you know, neither of them are angels. Um, They seem like solid people who would do right by people if given the chance. And um, the stories and the information that I was given about Chris Beard over the past two to three years, let's say, painted someone who was much more transactional in how he viewed friendship and usefulness and whether or not he would come to bat for someone in a time of need or whether he would help someone out when they when they really needed it. And I just overall got this vibe of someone who is not a necessarily great person. Um, I could not have any point prior to Monday predicted how this rolled out, right? Like, I, I, you know, again, like there's a million stories. Some are true, some are not. Some are, you know, like all of them are completely unverifiable. So you have to consider that. But like, you got the sense that this is not the best dude out there, right? Like I, I kind of felt like someone who spent a decade under Bobby Knight willingly as an assistant probably jived with his general sensibilities in terms of how he treated people around him. Um, but I never, you know, in a hundred years would have suspected that he allegedly would have put hands on somebody. Right. So like, there's just sort of this gray area that he operated in that, that bothered me. And like, I, you know, I, I know that, Again, I've been sort of spoiled by some of the, the previous coaches that have that, that have helmed Texas, you know, whether it's Tom Penders, who we'll get into shortly, uh, Rick Barnes, Shaka Smart, or whoever theoretically comes next. I don't know, man. I just like this has been surreal, and I, I, I want someone who is a legitimately decent person at in charge, right? Like that is that has been a... Uh, you know, maybe this is an aging thing, but like I, I, as I get older, I want someone who I am willing to go have a beer with or willing to like sit down and have dinner with and like, like someone I'd introduced to my wife, right? Like, and, and two of the past three coaches, I, I would be willing to do that with, but not the current, you know, suspended guy. Um, and it's just, you know, like uh, there, there've been a fair number of people online who've been like, "Oh, yeah, you must be enjoying this," and like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not. Like, I, it is good for me to know that my intuition and the things I have heard, and, and the sort of conclusions I have drawn were not just drawn out of thin air. And I'm, I'm glad that. I, you know, I mean, I'm glad to know that like, I wasn't just completely off in left field and, you know, he ends up being like the best church choir member in the generation or whatever. Right. But like, at the same time, this is still like, this is still a program that I care about. And this is still a school that I, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I grew up when I was six or seven years old, we had 
season tickets to football games and like I, I went like th- this was always my first school I wanted to go to whether regardless of whichever ones I got admitted into and like this has been like te- Texas means and has meant a lot to me over the past four plus decades and so like you know, watching a dude take a shit on all of this because he doesn't know how to keep his hands off his woman, allegedly, is fucked up, right? Like, and I, I don't, t- like, I'm not, like, gleeful about that. I, I don't enjoy seeing someone in his position abuse his position this way. And so I, there's been a fair amount of this that is processing not just that, but, like, I never thought I'd see a Texas head coach in handcuffs, right and a prison jumpsuit and having to talk to talk to you know someone during his arraignment about his protective order like that's it's messed up and it's 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 a weird situation so like i i've been through sort of a a cavalcade of sort of emotions on this and i i don't know where you fall on this but like it is in a way i did not expect intensely personal yeah well like I said, it's 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 strange for me with beard stuff because so so here's here's the way that I'm approaching it, and I I don't know if this is if this is kind of more born out of being a teacher, particularly being a teacher at a high school, you're you're going to have kids and families where things like this become a part of your teaching career, right? Like, why isn't Johnny turning? Bad bad way to say that. This time, sorry, Johnny. Oh, why isn't uh, Steve? Right, Steve. Why isn't Steve uh, turning in his homework lately? Oh, apparently, you know, and then a counselor talks to you a week later just so you know, hey, stuff's going wrong with it. You know, and like things like that come into play uh, more often than I would like for them to. Uh, I'd like because I'd like for them to zero times, uh, but uh, it's it's more often than that. So it certainly is is one of those things. And I guess how I'm approaching this sort of in general is like this. There, there there's two aspects of this in particular that um that stick out to me one of them i feel very comfortable and qualified talking about one of which less so um and the first is it it has to be that human element right like there's there's legitimately some lives that are i mean ruined might be too strong but uh that are going to be drastically drastically altered probably for the worse because of the situation um obviously not least of which is is the alleged victim uh, but also Chris Beard's kids, also his family and members that love him, the people that have supported him, the people that have left their jobs to follow him and, and trust in him, the parents of the recruits and the players that have that have entrusted him to set the, the, the precedent and the tone and the and the you know be the good role model and um and stuff like that. And and that part, like I I don't have a whole lot to say. Like like you said, it it's it, were there stories, have there been talks about like Wow, he's really intense. Uh, yeah, super that kind of, intense. <laughs> that, that kind of stuff is out there, and you just you know you can just watch, like you said, just watch some games. Like you know, maybe maybe he'll grab a player by the by the collar of the shirt. Maybe he will flop around on the floor like a crazy person. Like the, I mean, that's just, that kind of stuff happens, yep. right? Yep. Um, uh, you know, again, there. I'm not going to draw a line from from saying, okay, this is how he coaches to like. Oh, this is a person who I am not surprised has you know potentially done some something that would be a felony, um, uh, but but here we are, right? Like that that's that's just sort of what it is. Um, now then, the the other aspect that's not the human aspect of it is the Texas aspect, 
You know, like, what does this mean for the team? What does it mean for the program? What does it mean for this, like you said, this, these, this group, um, and this tradition and this history that I adore and I've spent hours and hours and hours thinking about and talking about and, and, and like pouring over information and statistics and everything. And, and, and how does that work? And, and I guess I'm, I'm trying to, to walk that line as thoughtfully as I can, um, where like, I believe in due process. I want to see what happens here. Um, I know that obviously my particular uh, view on this was drastically changed by reading the arrest report. Um, if, if people out there have yep. not read the arrest report, I would I would highly suggest doing so. It's uh, it's um, eye opening stuff um, that certainly makes me believe that uh, that a change is is likely to come if it's if it bears out the way that uh, that that suggests. But beyond that, you know, I guess um, I, I lament and I uh, am very sad for whatever. Um, whatever that human element that's, 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 I'm sure in the beginning processes of getting as, as bad as it could well be. Um, and I, I guess, but I'm also here to talk about the Texas part when we can. So, yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> we are wholly unqualified to talk about the non-basketball portions of this, <laughs> to be right. fair, right? Like this is just, I, you know, I, 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 I spent a fair portion of the last couple days trying to come up with some sort of i mean it's it's just it's it's income it's incomparable like really like the the, what this is because the only thing i could come up with and this is where tom penders comes back into play yeah it's the penders thing yeah yeah penders and so with axel yeah yeah so for 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 those of you who are unaware um tom penders last year Part of what precipitated his downfall, part, you know, again, generally speaking with sports, it's a lack of wins that does it. But what, what really precipitated his downfall is that uh, he was having issues with Luke Axtell, among others, uh, who was a uh, very highly prized recruit at the time. Um, eventually, Westlake? I feel like that's correct. He eventually made his way to Kansas. Um, and he, um, there, there were some, you know, I'm going to call it beef with his minutes, um, at at that point. Uh, all I really remember from that, that point was being in the drum and every time he got on the court, we just all yelled Luke because we were horrid. This is 97, 98, I think. Yes. Yes, that sounds right. Because it was what ninety eight, ninety nine was Barnes' first year, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, Penders was uh, he, he was dealing with some stuff. He had like some sort of health issue uh, that season that that kept him away from the team for the first handful of games. Um, and Axel was unhappy with minutes, and there was a bunch of other stuff going on. And um, Penders. He was probably drinking pretty heavily at that point. Like that, like, I mean, he never wasn't, but especially towards the end, there was a grades issue, which is why he supposedly benched him. Uh, And then when a bunch of, you know, chaos erupted around that, he got somebody who was Eddie Oren to fax the, uh, Grade transcripts of Luke Axtell to a local radio station, which is insane to say. 
Um, and the local radio station decided to read those gray transcripts out loud on the air. Because, Slightly distasteful. Yeah, yeah, like, welcome to late 90s Texas basketball, everybody. Um, and it was... You're running horns! Yeah, yeah they're... they're if it was 2022, they'd be run into litigation. Actually, they, there, there was a fair amount of litigation involved. Um, you know, not uh, Eddie Oren sued Tom Penders. Luke Axtell sued some people. Like, there was, there was a whole lot of lawsuits that came out of this. Anyway, it was nuts. And that was, that. you know, faxing, which, again, anyone under the age of 30, ask your parents <laughs> about what faxing is. Um, it's the thing you might still do at a FedEx if you're desperate. Um, basically they faxed his great transcripts to, to a local radio station who then read them on the air, which is insane. Um, and that's the only thing I could come up with in terms of, and it's not really analogous because that's more of a ha ha scandal. This is weird and fucked up and not a, wow, this is really dark sort of situation like mm-hmm. what we're in now, but I can't come up with anything else. Is there anything else you can think of? I mean, it's definitely not Texas, but anything. I mean, I don't know that I would say it's as bad as the bliss stuff. Um, for no, Baylor. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. It's it's uh, not as bad as Bliss for sure, but but yeah. it is also pretty dark, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But and 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 again, as far as hitting it close to home, um, this is this is really the first time for me, I guess, that I can say it because even the stuff with Penders, it just seemed, it just seemed so ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. And, and and again, that was such a different time. You know, the internet was was only in its. Kind of inception phase with that, or the very least, nothing at all like we consider it now. So yeah, um, yeah. And it's, at, at that point, I was a senior in high school, living in Iowa, and uh, <laughs> and following along when I could. And but. you got this fax from Tom Penders, and you yeah, were so excited, like, "Oh, look at this!" Yeah, it's yeah. Just, only just... only forty five more minutes, and I'll have the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Um... Yeah, it's not okay. So we we've sort of established, I think, at this point, that it's not really comparable to last events or previous events because, thankfully, there's no you know Dave Bliss situations in Texas past that I'm aware of. Um, if there is, it, they've done a great job of burying it. Um, but that said, I, I feel like we need to talk about sort of Texas response to this. Um, I think more specifically for us, it's about um, the, the the lack of, there's been a lack of communication from Texas. They released a two-sentence statement, you know, that said basically we're aware of things, and they put down one paragraph that said, you know, we, we respect or, you know, we, we take things seriously with interpersonal strife or whatever i don't remember what it is exactly but it was it was very sort of boilerplate and that's when they mentioned they were uh they they were going to suspend beard without pay but you know we haven't heard anything to this point from jay hartzell we haven't heard anything from cdc specifically i have read a number of articles at this point uh, about the situation from both local people and national groups. Uh, I, I noticed that Cedric Golden, who he, he wrote a, an article that was pretty poor in terms of like understanding the 
basic concept of the passage of time as it relates to when to make a decision on Chris Beard. But he did mention that he tried to contact CDC and they declined an interview request. So there is at least one out there. It just seems like at this point, there are some significant questions that need to be asked of someone who is who is in charge, right? Whether it is CDC or Jay Hartzell, you know, either or or both. Like, I, I mean, the fact that they sent, so they had the Rice game, which 30 minutes before tip, they said, okay, Chris Beard's not the coach, which congratulations, you've done the bare ass minimum to, to do, to, to get this thing go across the finish line. But they, they sent Rodney Terry out there without any players, which is understandable, but without CDC, without Hartzell, without anyone else. And he's just out there to a- answer questions, which he's not really qualified to do like it's not not necessarily it's not a shot at Rodney Terry it's just there are some higher order questions that need to be asked in terms of what their decision making process is to this point uh what their timeline is in terms of what they're going to do with Beard you know pro or con uh they need to talk about the vetting process that happened with Chris Beard uh go prior to now because like like I said, there were stories about Chris Beard, and if they had done it like a thorough, actual coaching search, and, and and done the vetting on it, they should have run some stuff down. Like they, there's just there's a lot that the Texas is not talking about. They have not answered. They have not been made themselves available to, and it just feels like we're missing a huge chunk of this puzzle right now in terms of what they're actually going to do next, how they're going to learn from this, what they, you know, are willing to admit they got wrong or not admit they got wrong. Like they just basically, you know, Chris Conti has not tweeted in over 48 hours at this point, which for him is like a month. So like, <laughs> clearly they're bunkering up, but like they need to, they need to answer some questions. They need to talk to somebody. Am I wrong? No, and I think if they came out in the next 24 hours and, like, gave us a definitive, like, hey, here's – we've been fact-checking. We've been trying to find these things out. And, like, you know, if we get to end of the night on Wednesday or beginning of the day on Thursday, I'd be like, all right, that was that was too long. But, I mean, I, I would appreciate it if they, if they gave us as thorough of an answer as possible with that. Um, short of that, yeah, this has sort of been comically uh, silent. There's just there, – there's no reason that you can't – do something or at least continue your operations around the other sports on campus of which a national championship run is, is under underway for the volleyball team. You know, like stuff like that, like either, either you're, you're kind of paying attention to all of it or, 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 or not, I guess. So, um, you know, not that this isn't a big deal, not that, which of course it is not that they don't have lots of things on their plate that they're trying to figure out. But, um, yeah, at this point, I guess I'm still in like, okay, well, um, it's been long enough that whatever they say next had better be really thorough. It had better be pretty comprehensive. Because uh, if it's not, then um, then I think some 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 very pointed questions need to happen next. Yeah, and I, one thing I will say is that um, as much as I talk to you know lo- local regional media about Arteria Morris and his situation, where um, and we can get into that down later in this if we need to the 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 short version being that um 
un, you know, much like his coach, he is also dealing with an assault charge right now. It seems like they are willing to ask those questions if they are able to get in front of someone like CDC. Like, whereas in August, maybe not so much. Like, they were willing to take sort of the boilerplate answers back in August, where now um, I'm seeing more mentions of, you know, Arteria Morris and and his assault charges right now um, than, than I was previously. But yeah, like, the, the fact of the matter is that whether it is CDC, whether it is Hartzell, whoever, like, at this point, there needs to be someone above someone like Rodney Terry that is answering questions even if it is to say, like, we've got X, X process and we're dealing with Y timeline and whatever, like, they're they're silent and it's unacceptable. It is flatly unacceptable. Like, at this point, if you're going to, if you're going to try and just bunker mentality your way through this, like, this is, go, this is going to go badly for you and it's going to be a long process. And, like, you, you're... <laughs> I mean, you're well past ounce of prevention, so maybe take your pound of cure rather than like three pounds of cure a week from now. Yeah, hard to argue with that. And 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 again, like this is, it's every bit as strange because obviously, I think that people were excited about Beard when he came in, and and you know a lot of people thought that he was the exact right hire for the job. But it's not like he's got this shit ton of equity built up that you know that makes yeah. him untouchable. You know, like this is not Mac Brown. This is not you know, Rick Barnes circa 2008 or something like that. Like yep. this is, this is a guy who's been here one year who's, who had a nice first month and a half of this season, but like, you know, so it's, it does feel really strange to be like, why, why the, yeah. What, what is so special about this circumstance that they find themselves like unwilling to talk about it at all? Like, I don't, it seems very strange. Yeah. So on that note, we're going to move forward a little bit and talk about, uh, basically, whether we think Beard is done. And and this is, you know, n- neither of us are insiders. Neither of us have, like, a, a, a ton of... I mean, like, you know, Tim talked about he's he's been busy with sick kids, and I have been busy with watching, you know, Charleston and Arizona. And, like, <laughs> it's just... I, we, we've been doing other things. And, you know, Will has been busy talking to supermodels who will reject him, but they'll talk to him because he's still part of the 1%. So like, it's, it's good for him. Like he gets a, he gets a little bit of an ego fluff, but not too much. Um, and he gets to go back to his wife and make more babies. So good for you, Will. Good for you. Popular. Mazel tov, Will. Yeah. Congratulations. Um, so I mean, I, you know, for, from my point of view, and obviously this, this is my, my view skewed by, not only my view of Beard's accomplishments or relative lack thereof in Texas tenure, um, also the severity of the events, also just sort of reading the tea leaves. Like, it's it's hard to imagine he comes back from this, right? Just from a practical standpoint. Is that fair? Again, if you read the arrest report, it's it's hard to... It's hard to come to terms with that and then saying like, okay, well we just need a month. Like I just, that's, that's just, that doesn't seem like, Hey, this is a wound that's going to heal with uh, just some time for things to kind of smooth over. That's right. That yeah. feels like, you know, it's, yeah. it, it, so I, yeah, it would be, again, I, I want to let due process go through how it's going to go through. He deserves his day in court. If that's what's coming. Um, 
but uh, boy, it would it would be be hard for me to say like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna trust a person with this on their background, with this on their record, to go into living rooms and say, all right, moms and dads, you can trust me to set the right example. You can trust me to do this with them. Yeah, especially someone who talks so much about building a culture of accountability and et cetera, et cetera. Like it's, yeah, yeah like it's, you know, it's sort of like a, a preacher who gets caught, you know, like <laughs> like grabbing from the till or something. Like it, it, it's a certain point where, if you are making this a core part of your identity, it's it's hard to come back from that, right? Um, I, I mean, I guess for me, it just let, let's just setting aside sort of the merits of the case and and all that. From a practical standpoint, um, a decision needs to be made because, like, okay, let's just say for the sake of argument, someone want you know, UT decides, and this would be terrible. Uh, let's let due process take its course, right? Um, I, I don't know if you are aware of any, everybody's aware here, but like, uh, the legal system is not swift, generally speaking. And if Mm -hmm. this thing doesn't get dismissed in the next week, which I, you know, given what we know now, it seems difficult to imagine it would, um, it's going to go on for several months and we are less than four months away from the national championship. So like just just taking a purely pragmatic and practical point of view of this, you need to make some sort of decision. Let's just say for the sake of argument, you can make Rodney Terry the interim head coach. And then gives, that gives you some runway to figure some stuff out. And you can decide, okay, again, just let's play through this. Chris Beard, we're going to let him go at the end of the season for cause because he has been charged with a felony and that is enough based on his contract to let him go and not owe him any money. Um, you can say, all right, well, I'm going to, we're going to spend the next three plus months getting our way into shape with whoever we want next, right? And also we have to have a message for recruits to say, hey, uh, this is our plan going forward, just so you're aware, because, you know, Texas only has currently two recruits that are committed to the next next uh, next cycle. Um, they're going to lose a lot of players to uh, graduation, exhaustion of eligibility, NBA, etc. So, like, just purely from a practical point of view, you need to make a decision sooner than later so that you can sell these people on, okay, here's our path going forward. Because a guy like Holland, who can go pretty much everywhere he wants to go, right? Like he's going to get to pick his destination, like he picked Texas. If he is not sold on where this place is going to be 10 to 12 months from now, he can bolt without really any any problems right like because he's a he's a five-star player he can he can make his way onto the next stage however he wants right so like you need to have something to show a guy like that Uh, not to mention anybody else you want to bring in on the next cycle not to mention anyone you want to bring on the transfer portal not to mention anyone you want on the cycle after that like it's just if you drag your feet on this and say, well, we're going to suspend him and wait for the legal process to play out. If it takes a year, then you're talking like December of 2023, 2024 recruits are going to be going somewhere else or, you know, like the level of recruit you want is going to go somewhere else. You're going to be 
it's going to be a hard sell getting somebody into the transfer portal. Like it's just, it, there's just a lot of pragmatic reasons why Texas needs to make a decision. So, uh, you know, merits of the case or not from a practical point of view, it doesn't make sense to sit here and just waffle. It certainly doesn't. Um, but it's a pickle nonetheless, you know, it, it's, is December the very, very worst time this could be happening? Uh, I guess you could maybe make a case that October might be worse, like <laughs> right before a season, you know, then you're looking at six months and, and you, you know, you run the risk of losing an entire early recruiting cycle. Um, as is Texas has a couple guys that, that have committed in Ronald Holland and AJ Johnson, um, or not AJ Johnson. Sorry. I'm thinking of AJ green. Who's his friend. Uh, anyways, but, um, Regardless, uh, he's, they've got two, as you said, two really good players that have committed. Uh, what do, what do they do, right? Like like I said, I don't I don't think there's anything for this year short of Royal Ivy saying like, "Yep, I'm going to leave the Nets because Kevin Durant would give him his blessing or something like that." But like short of something like that or some other coach that is currently, do, do you, you know, think he would just tap him on the head? Like, <laughs> there, you're much shorter than me. Like here. <laughs> I can't think of anyone else that Texas would be truly interested in that would that would be a reasonable move in the next three or four months. Like I, I mean, like I, I unless unless a guy like Oates, and we'll talk about like potential, like any coach, like you fill in fill in the, the name of the college coach. Like if they get if they go out in the first or second round or something like that, and then they're done middle of March, that's probably realistically the earliest that we're talking about. Um, you know, which, which puts who that's, which is no different than any team that's like, that's going to go through that. There'll probably be 15 to 20 or 30 that are going to be going through that same thing here. We just happen to probably be at that state in December, which in some respects gives CDC some opportunities to do some vetting. Um, in other respects, it's a lot of time for Texas fans to wring their hands about the recruits that we have. Are they going to go? Are they going to stay? What, you know, what's the team going to look like? Is this, is this year a total lame duck year? Um, what are we even doing? You know, like, and, and it's, which only really sucks because the, the promise of the first month of this season being what it was, it, like it, it was pretty galvanizing, right? Like, Hey, Beard said they were going to play faster and they were playing faster. Mm-hmm. And, and there was, you know, there's some real talent on this team and, and that those wins against Creighton and, and Gonzaga certainly stood out as did if people had a chance to see the Arkansas game, uh, in, in, in the preseason, like, they probably left a very positive taste in a lot of people's mouths with as far as what, um, you know, what they were thinking about with this year. And then kapoosh, like, hey, Moody Center's here, great. Okay, well, yeah, but but you know, this this year's a wash. You know, it feels feels like such a roller coaster ride with that. And of course, that what a what a stupid thing to focus on when other people, like we said, the human element of this is there. Um, but it's also it, it it also kind of leaves more questions than it answers, of course. Um. And, and and who is it? It did feel like when CDC made this decision to bring Beard on, he seemed to be kind of taken with this idea of like, oh, what an obvious natural choice. Beard loves Texas. He's he's from Texas. What it's a very what a choice. preordained. Yeah, I'm not. I I don't think that you could make anything near that same comment this year again unless you're convinced about ivy um but even then that's that's like 
like the Brooklyn Nets are kicking ass right now. Like they've won like eight of their last 10 games. I don't know how likely he, I mean, I don't even know if he would definitely come or not in the first place. Right. So yeah, who, who's to say to there's either. Shortly, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's like, it, it is, it is fair to say that, um, CDC not giving anyone any insight into his vetting process or lack thereof makes that a giant question going forward. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it, I, I, I talked about a couple of years ago, CDC's general lack of success with basketball coaching hires. And right now this qualifies, you know, it's an extremely external reason. Like it's not a basketball reason it is failing, but it is absolutely failed because, uh, you know, he was in jail (laughs) and I saw it on a YouTube stream, which again, still not entirely sure I've processed that. Um, So let's let's move a little bit forward and say uh, or ask the question um, for this season: How does this impact the team's ceiling? Like, we, I mean, we only have one game under extraordinary circumstances with Rice, but I, I, I guess the question is, and, and I, I bring this up partly because it's a it's a reasonable question, but partly because, like. I, and I, and I say this with a caveat that I know that Joe Lunardi is now sort of the Mendoza line of bracketologists, right? <laughs> like he's, he, he was great back when there was no competition and now he is very mediocre, but he did drop Texas from a one seed to a three seed. And I do sort of wonder, and this is, this is something I don't have a, any sort of quantitative, you know, quantitative, uh, basis for if there are going to be people who, going forward, judge Texas based on what happens post-beard more than pre-beard, right? Like, to put it another way, like, their conference schedule and Tennessee is going to be judged with a higher weight than it might have already been, like a marginally higher weight than it already would have been uh, because it's Rodney Terry... You know, let's just say for the sake for for the sake of this, that Rodney Terry is the interim coach for the rest of the year, which at this point seems like the most likely outcome. Um, yeah, if if Rodney Terry is the coach from Rice through to the end, are they going to give a higher weight to what happens in conference play in Tennessee than they might have otherwise given if Beard was still here? Right. So, like, not that they're going to say. Gonzaga and Creighton doesn't matter and Illinois doesn't matter, but that it's going to be relatively less. And so is Texas going to deal with like some sort of, you know, they they lose a line or two in the seating because now it's quote unquote Rodney Terry's team, right? Like, I guess that's sort of where I'm coming at this with. I guess I don't care, and I don't mean that your question is bad, but um, th- so. But I mean, in some I have ways- bad questions. So. <laughs> um, as, as I'm kind of usually want to do, I guess I'm going to break this down to two things one more time. I guess so. There's there's two aspects of, from what you're talking about here that stick out to me that I will be fascinated by over the long haul, right? And there's going to be game to game things like how does he make adjustments in game? What are his you know, what are his uh, personnel decisions? How does he kind of, what are the groupings he decides on? Who are his, his pet favorites or maybe, the, maybe his pet not favorites? You know, that kind of stuff we just have no idea about. It'd be interesting to sort of see those things. But I, like that stuff, I, I'm not really, it, it's hard to know what you can't possibly know. Um, the, the two more 
specific things that I, are, are, are bigger picture pieces for me that I that I'm I'm going to be watching very closely. Number one, what emotional impact does this whole ordeal have on the team or individuals just in general? Right. Like I, I don't think anything is going to phase Brock Cunningham. I'm just I'm not convinced he's going to have a problem with this stuff. Um, I am less convinced about a guy like, you know, like like Dylan DeSue or a guy like Tyrese Hunter, who we just don't know really yet. Like, how is he going to deal with some of the adversity? Not that he's not tough, not that he's not capable of, of being an intelligent, thoughtful player, no matter who his coach is. But like, why, why did these guys come here? Did they come here for Beard? How does that and, and with Beard is gone, how does that impact him or the freshman or, or whatever? So I'm interested like, to, to know the unknowable with that. And can we send Tyrese Hunter some pickle juice while we're at it? Yeah, what's happening here? Good grief. Uh, and then the other part is, which we'll, we'll see, uh, <laughs> talk about talking about a bunch of things last year and bringing them back up this year. Uh, the last few games have been really Timmy Allen and Marcus Carr-centric. Like they have been, they've been taking uh, the lion's share of the playmaking ability or playmaking duties, which – Again, with Tyrese's stuff with his cramping, you know, we'll see what that means. But if that also means that will Rodney Terry have the wherewithal, will he have the ethos inside of the locker room to be like, our ceiling is not as high when you boys have the ball <laughs> in, crun- in crunch time and clutch moments, yeah. right? Because I think that's inarguable. Like, I just, I, you know, I, I don't think that Timmy and Marcus are, are, playmakers for sweet 16 elite eight type of teams i think that tyrese could be i think i think jabari could be um yeah my, will my, my general rule of thumb is that if timmy allen is the leading scorer in a game against a not top 25 team then texas is probably winning but if he is the leading scorer against a top 25 team well because like it's and, it, and again it's not like it's not a shot at timmy so much as like he has a ceiling, and last year's team, he was the ceiling. Whereas this year, theoretically, if he's the if he's like the most productive player on the team, then that means in a, in a a game against a ranked opponent, then that means somebody or some bodies are not performing the way they need to. So he's like sort of an uh, you know an unintentional barometer, I guess. Right. 100 percent 100 and and uh, car car to a little bit less of an extent i think car is probably a touch better from that standpoint but still still there for me and so how how effectively does does coach terry navigate those waters is he able to kind of have those tough conversations does he again does he bring the credibility into the locker room that those that all those guys because timmy allen and marcus they got to be like what like 23 24 years old i mean like it's it's a it's a pretty veteran heavy room with that so um which is not like like rodney terry hasn't been a lot around for a long time he's he's been the head coach at fresno state he was the head coach at utep so um certainly i believe in his ability to 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 be a leader of 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 young men and he can make this work but but where is the ceiling what what does he see for the future of the team um and one game in against Rice, you know, which would be an understandable game for the team to not exactly be clicking on all cylinders. It was okay. But Timmy and Marcus were very, very involved, which I'm not sure is how I'd want <laughs> that to be. So, And I, and I, I had a – so uh, this is sort of off-the-court 
But like I, I thought to myself, okay, if if we're coming off of Chris Beard, his his suspension without pay, which I, I does take a sidebar, uh, Longhorn Network did not stray from. Like they did, a, they did a solid job of dressing it head on. They talked about it like they weren't, you know, they, they weren't burn orange Pravda. So credit to them. Like you know, Lowell and Lance both talked about it in their way. Um, those bastions of journalism, journalistic integrity and excellence. <laughs> look, that I, is Lowell and Lance. Look, I, look. I, here's the thing. Lowell wants Texas to be good, right? Like, and he and and he's happy when they're great, and like he wants like so for him to be able to play it straight. Like that was that was not easy for him, right? I want to give him some credit, right? Um, <laughs> that said, if I'm Rodney Terry in that Rice game, I'm like. Hey, Arterio, you're not playing tonight. And I'm just going to stare at him for like 12 seconds straight with a knowing look like, because I don't need to bring you out if you go off for 24 against Rice. Like, it's just like, hey, man, we've seen how this goes so far. You blow it up against like subpar competition. So the last thing I need is you going six for eight from three and uh-huh. tread. And like, imagine, okay, imagine a situation where Texas beats Rice like 80 to 60 and like Arterio scores 26 points on, you know, eight of 12 shooting with like seven threes or whatever, right? Like, are you not bringing him out at that point? Like, it just seems like at that point you're like, okay, let's just nip this. Like, we're going ounce of prevention here. Like, Arterio, just, you just, just keep your sweats on. Like, I love you. <laughs> we're going to keep you over here. Like, we, we, you're going to come back next game. Now is not the time. Yeah, now is not the time for you to go off. And, of course, they bring him in in the under 16, and he immediately shoots a shot, and I'm just like, in my head, I'm like, Oh my God, this is about to happen, isn't it? Anyway, okay, sorry. Um, yeah, so, okay. Yeah, as far as the team's ceiling, I, I I don't have a good answer here. Like, it it seems like, I mean, they're still a quality team. They still have a lot of good pieces. They still have, like, sort of the general ethos that they had in August or July or whatever, right? But at the same time... They don't have that dude in charge. He has a certain intensity that I don't think anyone else on staff will bring. And like, you know, Rodney Terry, who we'll get into here in just a moment, like he's he's had he's been a head coach. It's not like Katie Turner taking over when Shaka got COVID or whatever, right? Like he he has that background, but. I, I don't I don't know that he's going to maximize this roster necessarily in a way that 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 Beard maybe would have, or at least kept things on the sort of the rails that they seem to be on prior to Beard snatching some sunglasses or his, his bifocals or whatever. God damn it, yep. Jesus, this is insane. Okay, so let's say for the sake of argument that you know um, this is it for Chris Beard. Uh, he is he's done whether he gets you know quote unquote resigns or at the end of the year he gets fired for cause or however they do it right like let's just say that this is Rodney Terry and Cruz team for the rest of the year um, that means that we're talking coaching replacement at some point 
whether it is now or March, April, whatever. Um, so we should talk about potential coaching replacements. And I, I feel like obviously we should start with Rodney Terry because he's going to be the interim head coach. My question to you is, should he be, uh, or, or is this a job interview or is this a placeholder for you? Well, I, I would say placeholder just because I, I don't expect him to get far enough in the tournament for Dil Conte to say like, oh, yep, we have to keep him. To me, I think it'd probably have to be an Elite Eight for for CDC to be like, oh, yeah, it's a no-brainer to bring him back in. Even a Sweet 16, I think it would be questionable because um, you could then say, oh, it's Beard's team. He put it together and stuff like that. I mean, I don't know how fair that would be to Rodney. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe a Sweet 16 would, would be enough to get him an extension of some type. Um but short short of a short of an elite eight run for me, I would think that there's that there's still a pretty decent chance that Terry um, would not be the coach, but he'll have this opportunity. And again, the the cupboard ain't bare, right? So he's got some work to do to figure out how to maximize this team. But but um, they'll have a puncher's chance. Uh, oh, that was in poor taste. I apologize, but um, <laughs> but uh, that wasn't me laughing. That was Will laughing in the back. Yeah. It's son of a bitch has is a terrible sense of humor. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I'm in the same ballpark as you. Like, I, this is absolutely an opportunity for Rodney Terry, who has been a head coach at two different places before, to show that he can do things at a high major level, right? Like, that's he, he's coached at a couple of places before. Having said that, his previous uh, two stops have not been amazing, like he did okay. He's not not like he had Bryson Williams and only made the tournament once, which I you know Bryson Williams was pretty great um, and in a lesser conference. So um, maybe maybe he makes it work. Maybe he makes his way. To, you know, like they they go on some sort of run. They they contend for a Big Twelve crown. Like any and he can make the argument. Um, but it does seem like it is um, at least at this point fairly unlikely. Um, so the question becomes who else is out there and, um, the name I have circled and, and is not because I think they are coming to Texas, but when we talked about shocker replacements, there was some sort of, there, there was talk in the background about John Calipari being interested. And once Chris Beard was hired, it did seem like there was more information that came out that John Calipari was legitimately interested. I still am somewhat skeptical about that based because, it, again, it's secondhand, thirdhand, and you kind of got to weigh things here. Um, I, I mean, for me, and I'll, I'll defer to you, Tim, for me, if John Calipari wants to leave Kentucky for Texas, you take him, like, hands down, easily right? Like he seems like of the possible people, like that's, that is the home run dude, right? He's as proven as you could possibly be. You pay him what he wants to be paid and he comes here. Is that, is that fair? That's certainly how I felt about it, felt about it when Beard was hired in the first place. Um, and the, you know, the, the, the number that I heard uh, quoted for Calipari of what he wanted to leave was high. It was very high. Uh, but uh, yeah, you're within definitely paying a premium for a guy, like right? That. But also within the realms of possibilities for a freaking athletic department that's the wealthiest in the country. Like it's, not, you know, we we can have nice things. We can have nice things uh, here, and I think that would have been, you know, like 
opening in the Moody Center with as beautiful as that is, with as, you know, again, with the fertile recruiting base that we have, with the connection to Kevin Durant, with the, with the, you know, with the strong tradition and, and history, particularly this century um, that Texas basketball has, I, I think it would have been, it would have been a, a, an actual absolute home run to, to do that. Um, am I, do I think he's, you know, would, would I put a percentage on him coming to Texas if that was the case? Uh, that would be comparably low, right? So I, I don't know that that's going to happen. And maybe he's come to his senses or maybe he's decided like, fuck off Texas, like you had your chance or I mean, who knows? Um, you know, we'll see what financial considerations are going to be a part of this equation here too. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that I, you know, the only question with a guy like Calipari would be like, he seems more like a five year answer than a 15 year answer. Um, and you know, from that standpoint, you might, that might come into the equation as well. But like, if he's going to give you, if he's gonna give anyone a kick-ass five years, you take it and you, you move on from there. You don't, you don't. Yeah. And maybe he brings Jay Lucas back. Um, yeah, I also like, I, I think the, 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 the one caveat I would give to John Calipari beyond what, what you've said, which is all fair is that given that it seems like the one and done era is coming to a close here very shortly. Um, he, he may not exact, like his best teams generally overwhelmed with talent. Um, he, he is, uh, you know, he, he said among, uh, like uh, in his own interviews that, he he's not the best X's and O's guys out there, right? Like he, he tends to be a guy like I'm going to just recruit a shit ton of talent and we're going to go with it. And you know, that works out for him more often than not. Um, if the one and done era is truly coming to a close here in the next 18 months, then a guy like Calipari is going to have to either get the best of the rest or figure something out. Right. Um, he may not be a home run, but he's about the surest thing out there. I think, um, in terms of other options, you know, um, I, I went back and looked at sort of my, I, I created a whole spreadsheet because fucking, of course I did, um, <laughs> uh, of, and this is a spreadsheet I created back when it was like, okay, well, shock is leaving. Who are we going to do? Who are we going to go after? And, and I actually started it. I started it a year before, when it was like, well, he may or may not come back. And I just kind of kept it going since then because me and sunk costs. Right. Um, so I feel like, uh, we, we should probably, uh, knock out a couple names that are probably not coming. Uh, one John Bayline, because he's, he's, he's done. Like he, he seems pretty happy in his non-coaching roles these days. Uh, two Nate Oates at Alabama, his, uh, his buyout number right now is nine plus million dollars. Uh, not to mention Alabama may just want to pay him whatever. So Texas can talk to him, but they're probably just going to get him a raise at Alabama. Um, I, I would be happy to see him come to Texas if he wants to come. I just feel like that's, that's pretty low on, on the, on the scale of likelihood. Eric Musselman is, um, another name out there where his buyout, I want to say is two and a half million dollars. Uh, so it's much more reasonable than Nate Oates. I don't know whether he wants to move from Arkansas to Texas. That's a whole other thing. He could be an interesting name. Um, beyond that, you start getting into, uh, you know, there are, there are far fewer like sort of quote unquote 
sure things out there. Um, you know, we could talk about Matt Painter at Purdue, who is going gangbusters at Pan- Purdue. He is, uh, he's had six uh, Sweet 16s in his 16 years, which is one better than Rick Barnes had in his 17 years. And he currently has the number one team in the country. Um, so there, you know, but he's also, again, been there for 16 years and doesn't seem burnt out in the slightest. So he's, he's somebody you obviously, you, you kick the tires on, but I I don't know how realistic it is. Um, beyond that, you start getting into some edge cases, right? Like I really like Pat Kelsey at Charleston. Um, he, he, he's in his second year at Charleston. He came there from Winthrop. Uh, his teams play fast. They play, uh, an aggressive style offensively. They're interesting to watch, but at the same time, he's been coaching at Charleston and at Winthrop, not at a high major like Texas. So, you know, it's, it could blow up in your face. Um, and then you get into guys like Leon Rice, who's a Boise state. He's a former Gonzaga assistant, um, he could be interesting, or you start talking about actual Gonzaga assistants like Brian Michelson, um, who he's been there for 10 years. And you just, if you're going to get, go get him, you're hoping you've, you've got the next Tommy Lloyd. Right. Um, and, and from there, I mean, you know, Tim, I don't know if you have any names you want to bring up here, but it just seems like we're, what we're talking about is like, there's a lot of guys out there who are, you know, I, I I like Kevin Keats at NC State, but I also cannot ignore the win loss column, right? Like yeah. a lot of his stuff is he he's sort of he he wants to be the next Rick Patino, and and his teams are somewhat similar to that, but like he doesn't have the wins that Rick Patino did, right? So like you just there's there's a lot of people out there that are interesting, but are definitely flyers. Yeah, I guess it's the, it's the group of four and then plus one for me, like like Calipari, Lloyd, um, Oates, and Muscleman. Those are the are the are the definites. Like, hey, sure. kick the tires, see what you think. Um, beyond that, I guess um, you know whether you're looking at a mid major guy, whether you think a guy like T.J. Otzelberger is is you know the the next big thing or something like that. Um, you know, I, I'm not I'm not sure. I, I don't. I don't. It, it feels like this is an interesting time for mid majors, just in general, too, because of the portal stuff. Is you know makes a lot of that stuff interesting because uh, how well they can develop players. That that kind of stuff will be uh, is uh, weirdly uh, in navigable waters for right now. That I'm interested to see the next few years. And but I you know if if those four guys are are no's, and I think there's a there's a decent reason to believe that all four of them would be no's. Um, yeah. Yep. Um. I think I to me Royal Ivy is is an intriguing name, which we thought was the case a couple years ago, and it would remain so now. Now, you know the the obvious hiccup and hang up with that one is like we don't really know how good of a coach he is <laughs> because uh, we know that he's a good you know he's good with development and because um, that's what he's kind of known for there on on the staff that he's at. Uh, what his what his game decision stuff, what his X's and O's, what his system would be, how that would work. You know, would would CDC be able to find him someone like Phil Martelli, which Michigan did for Juwan Howard when that came in? Um, you know, you would think that he would need some type of like, um, 
you know, someone that has a lot of history like that in the college game to kind of get his feet wet. I, I think clearly he would have the he would have the support of of Kevin Durant uh, being yeah, his coach right now. Players in general, yeah, for sure. X player, yeah, TJ obviously as well. Um, you know, and I guess the, the big thing with me, no matter what it is, is the Moody's not going away. I mean, it's a beautiful facility. It's gonna be it's it's gonna be great in three years. It'll be great in eight years. Like it might not be great in thirty eight years, but we'll worry about that then. But for you know, for now, it's a terrific facility. They did it right. I like the arrangement where the students are. They're gonna be in good shape with that. Again, the the connection with Nike is there. We're moving into the SEC. And like it's like I I just I don't I, f- I feel like the the floor has been comfortably raised where I don't feel like like so let's say they brought in Royale and he really is just not it like I don't think in this day and age of the portal and with the with the ways that that a school like Texas is positioned to be able to like always be pretty buoyant like we'll be fine <laughs> like when Chris Beard came in that was it was basically a total total rehaul like it was is is you know the only thing what was there three or four guys that stayed three, uh, yeah. The, yeah the rest of the roster had to be completely overhauled and within 16 months it, you know they were one point away from beating Illinois and being the number one ranked team in the country yep so, you know so like that to, from that standpoint it it makes the idea of bringing in someone like Royal Ivy if if those other four guys say no a lot more palatable um, you know, and who knows who the hot name is going to be in three months? Like, who knows what 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 team is going to have, you know, what what mid major or what uh, you know what power five team guy that that kind of figures things out over the next few months is going to be that hot name? Uh, no clue. Shaka Smart. Yeah, <laughs> something tells me it's not going to. That will not be the circumstance. But yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, look, I uh, okay. Two two things. One, um, if Shaka had brought the sort of teams to Texas that he has in Marquette in the last two seasons, he would still be at Texas. Um, two, uh, I should have brought up Royal Ivy earlier. Uh, that was an oversight on my part because I, he, I would have preferred him over Chris Beard knowing that it was a higher potential for failure than Chris Beard, given that, you know, some of the unknowns you've mentioned previous uh, already. Um, I, I also, kind of wonder if the fact that he only got a cursory half interview might have burned that bridge i hope not for texas sake um but yeah no if if they decide to go call up royal ivy and be like hey do you want to stop coaching the south sudan national team and and we will pay you for your time to not go to africa maybe he's game um i Again, like I, Royal Ivy seems like a, a, a very solid, well, I shouldn't say very solid, a, a very reasonable choice. Like the, there is a lot more margin for error there or a lot, you know, the, the, the gap between success and failure is wider than it would, would have been with Chris Beard. Um, but also no one has talked about him being crazy. So there's that. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I, 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 I think I'm on the general same page with you in terms of those four and Royal Ivy. Uh, you know, if Nate Oates wants to show up, if Eric Besselman wants to show up, if, you know, uh, Matt Painter or John Calipari or, you know, like we, we can come up with a, a, another couple of names in there that, that, that might be that's sort of the top. And then at that point, if they're not interested, then, yeah, you know, we start going down the list. But 
Um, we'll see what CDC comes up with in, in, uh, and or Hartzell in terms of their vetting process, and we'll go from there. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's that's, uh, that's pretend we're football, everybody. Um, we, we've pretended we're a podcast for the last hour and 18 minutes or so. Um, Will is going to have to get one of his interns to edit this down to, you know, maybe let's say an hour and 17 minutes and then we'll just put it up because, you know, do we have anybody who's still giving any money to the podcast? I I don't know. I'm just going to assume that yes. And therefore the two people (laughs) who were, who are our best friends before they are our best friends. Now, um, Will can just throw their names in at this point. Hang on. Five seconds for him to throw them in. Sure. Thank you to Josh Kester, Cole Chisholm, Brittany Marshall, and Matthew Tomney. Matt Tomney. I'm hoping I'm saying that correctly. For being great patrons. uh, For being great patrons and uh, continue to support the show. Yeah, thank you for all of your support. We really appreciate it. It's been great. Um, That's it for Pretend We're Football for... Shit, I don't know how long. I mean, honestly, I stopped following the Pretender Football account, so uh, and I just started again because we're going to do this. So, um, you know, we'll see how it goes, right? Um, Tim, uh, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, on Twitter, Inside Texas Hoop, no S. It's been a bit since I've put out an original tweet. Uh, but like <laughs> I said, sick kids and uh, just sort of a general lack of interest in that in the first place and then on insidetexas.com come hang out with us awesome community you can find me on theoretically substack i'm, I'm going to post this podcast whenever it shows up on substack at bitterwhackguy.substack.com um i'm on mastodon which you can also find me talking about on bitterwhackguy.substack.com like this is brand synergy i got going on <laughs> i'm also technically on post Though I have no fucking idea what I'm doing on there right now. So at Bitter White Guy there, at Bitter White Guy Twitter. Thanks, Elon Musk, for fucking everything up. So now I'm like, hey, here are my 12 different places I am theoretically available. Like, I appreciate this. Um, you couldn't have just, I don't know, bought in MySpace or something. Like, you just... Anyway. Um, yeah, I'll be there. And I'll write at some point or not and then will's gonna you know he's gonna he's gonna be on a mountain full of diamonds because he's just way way richer than all of us true he's rich bitch it's true anyway thanks for following us uh you can get our next podcast in 14 months on your platform of choice whether it's (laughs) I'm just going to say Hulu or maybe Friendster. Like it's, I don't, don't, you know, we'll see where it goes, man. We'll see where it goes. Um, Tim, it was good to talk to you for clearly the first time in like at least nine months. (laughs) You too, brother. Good stuff. All right. I'll see you in 2023, man. All right. All right. right. See y'all. See y'all bitches later. Hook them. Yeah.